Welcome to Leadership Speaking Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Penn, founder of the Leadership Speaking School. We're based in Switzerland, and we train global leaders how to speak in public. To find out more about what we do, feel free to visit our website at www.theleadershipspeakingschool.com. Today's episode is about answering more of your delicious questions. Questions that leaders from around the world propose to us on our contact form on the website that I just mentioned. I tell you what, they keep coming in from all corners of the world. It is so exciting to hear from you leaders out there, finding out about the types of things that you are working with related to your own leadership speaking. Let's get straight into your questions. The first question comes from a leader from the marketing sector, from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. The Netherlands. I love, by the way, that the Netherlands in French is Peba, which means the low country, because as you probably know, and this is one of the nerdy things that I love to know about, the Netherlands is below sea level. So that's why it's Peba. Anyway, Back to the question from our marketing leader. He wants to know, he's very simple in how he asks this, Dr. Penn, is it okay to, in quotations, wing it when I speak in front of audiences? Hmm, Peba, I tell you what, my answer is H to the no. That means hell no. It is not okay to wing it. It's never okay to wing it because you need to be showing up as the best version of yourself. And this usually involves a level of preparation and rehearsal and mindset and warm-up and everything else that comes inside the package of effective leadership speaking. I see all too many speakers winging it. I am tired of that status quo. Let me tell you, we all know what it looks like. A speaker who wings it will often look at their slides more than looking at the audience because they're using their slide deck as a crutch to lean on so that they get through their presentation. A speaker who's winging it will often apologize for small things. Oh, I'm sorry, I just finished preparing this like 10 minutes ago, right? Or, I'm sorry, that's, this slide is really messy. Yeah, but trust me, it says something really interesting. Or, I'm sorry, I just, ugh, I'm not as good as the speaker who came before me. So, you know, really high stakes here. No, there are a couple of things going on with that conversation. And the first one is never apologize, but that's a different show. Winging it is not okay, especially in leadership speaking. We want flow. We want polish. We want oomph from you standing up there using your words to inspire or empower or whatever it is you're talking about for that audience. Winging it also sends the wrong message about your leadership, that it's okay to do things half-assed. It's not okay. In fact, I watched a keynote speech not too long ago from a leader who winged it. He actually got on stage and said, hey, I'm sorry for not being really well prepared. I had like, you know, last night and blah, 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 and I fixed it then. No. So already he's setting himself up to fail. He's getting permission from the audience to fail. And there I'm thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a waste of my time. He's not prepared. Why should I sit in that audience and listen to him winging it? That's a lack of respect for me in the audience. 
as well as not saying very good things about his own leadership. So no, it's not okay to wing it. I think you're getting that message loud and clear from me so far. You need to be doing everything in your power to make it appear like you put a lot of effort into it. In fact, put a lot of effort into it. Don't make it appear that way. Actually do it. High stakes talks especially. When people are looking at you and they're judging you, they're judging your credibility, your suitability as a leader. They're judging whether they want to follow your advice. Do what you suggest. As a leader, you need to be thinking, what kind of image am I projecting here? And if that image looks ragtag and like I'm winging it, that's not really serving you in your leadership. That's not going to that's not going to go well for you down the road. So polish. Perfect. Am I saying look like a robot and, you know, make everything mechanical and perfect? No, because it's wonderful to have real personality and authenticity in all speaking. But I am saying prepare, rehearse, spend time putting skin in the game. Make it worth the audience's time to sit there and listen to you. Okay, so there's my answer. Some tough love there for you in Peiba. But I hope you get the message. Winging it is not okay. Now, we're going to go all the way to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates for our next question. Okay, this comes from a communications leader who says, Dr. Penn, I am so bored by the sound of my own voice. Please help. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Well, I hope that... What I'm going to say now gives you a little bit of relief from that boredom. But let me tell you, vocal work and when you're working on your voice is a real roll-up-your-sleeve situation. It is an illusion if you think that you can learn how to use your voice by taking a one-day training session, for example, in how to improve your voice. No, 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 no. Learning how to use your voice effectively in speaking is something that is a long game. It takes time. It takes work. There are many layers. It's a little bit like learning something like how to play the piano. You start with basic things and then you go and elevate and it gets more and more complicated. And you know if you play the piano, which I don't happen to do, but I know people who do, they are always practicing. And this is something that you need to do in vocal work too. So you're learning the elements of what you need to know and you're always practicing. You're always getting better. This is a long game. This is part of the answer to your question, that if you want to do something about how your voice sounds, you need to work with a person, a professional, a logopedist is what we call them here on our side of Switzerland, French-speaking Switzerland, a person who's a voice expert, not a vocal coach, not a singing coach, a person who knows about your vocal anatomy, who helps people with vocal issues. That's the kind of person that can help you to do things with your voice to make it sound less boring. But more superficially, besides doing that kind of deeper, long-end game work, there are a few things you could probably do with your voice that I could tell you right here on this show. One of them is, you need to be thinking about this. I often say that tension is the enemy of connection. Well, this is definitely the case for what your voice does. Tension is the enemy of your voice. If your voice has tension around it, so that's tension related to your face, to your neck, to your shoulders, to your chest, even your hips, people, because that's where your voice comes from, actually, your hips, your pelvis. Kristen Linklater herself told me that when I took a one-week 
training session with her up in Orkney, Scotland. Anyway, I digress. The more released you are in your body, the less tension you have, the more your voice is going to flow and vibrate through your body. So you need to be reducing the amount of tension you have in your body by warming up, listening to music, dancing, doing yoga, whatever it takes to warm up so that you feel less tense. This is already a great start to releasing your voice and hopefully making it sound less boring. Another thing is, and I find this almost on an epidemic level, a lot of people in corporations speak with frozen faces. That's the most polite way I can say this. Their faces look like just icicle pops. It's almost like the muscles in the face have atrophied and stopped working. Because a lot of people, especially men, no offense men, but I see a lot of this in, in executive positions, you are not moving your face when you talk. And when you don't move your face when you talk, when it's like icicle Okay, popsicle, icicle man, you kind of get this image, I hope. When it looks like that, then the sound that comes out of your mouth is going to be flat. So I'm going to talk right now with my face like icicle woman. And basically, nothing is moving on my face. My lips are barely moving and you can hear how like my, my sound is sandwiched. There's not a lot of space in my mouth. But now I'm going to move my mouth. And I'm going to move my cheeks and I'm even moving my eyebrows and my, my forehead when I'm talking. And I'm also moving my hands, by the way. So all this is in motion so that my sound comes out more colorful, more dynamic, more life in it. So this is a start for you, okay? If you're not going to go the long game and have a logopedist, then at the very least, release the tension in your body and move your face when you speak. This will be a great beginning for you to have a voice that sounds less boring. And if you can read stories to children, or if you don't have children to read to, read paragraphs to yourself where you are practicing moving your face and moving your hands, then you will start to get good at this kind of communication and you will not sound as boring. I hope that this helps you over there in Dubai. Okay, so we've got one more question for today. It comes to us from Milano, Italia. Beautiful city, so many delicious things to eat, and the fashion there is mind-blowing. And interestingly, this is from a leader in the fashion industry. She asks, How do I handle my nerves? I get so nervous before I speak, I don't know what to do. Sometimes I feel like I want to faint. Whoa. So here are a, a few things to think about related to this question. I like to say that rehearsal brings you to a place of comfort. So the first thing that you should do that can help you with your nerves in Milano is rehearse, rehearse, and rehearse. When you rehearse, you get good at what you're doing, and that gives you confidence and it makes you feel more secure and you're rooted differently. That helps to alleviate some nervousness. Another thing that you can do to handle your nerves is get a really good night's sleep and have a nice, easy morning. Don't overbook yourself. Take good care of yourself. Have a nice breakfast. Breathe. 
soigner, as they say here, I love that word, take care of your well-being, that's another way to handle nerves, assuming that you are prepared and rehearsed and ready. Is there a solution for people to be less nervous if they are unprepared? I'm not even going to go there. I don't even entertain that. Like in the, in the spectrum of leadership speaking, don't talk to me about coming into a speaking performance unprepared. I'm not having that conversation. So all of this assumes that you have a high level of preparation. And these little things that I'm suggesting to you are things that you can do in addition to the good preparation. Okay? One more thing that you can do besides the soigner of yourself the night before and the day of is leave the room before you are going to speak. I know it's not always possible, but where it's possible, instead of sitting in that hot seat waiting for your turn to go up and speak in front of the audience, you know what this feels like, right? Your heart is beating. You feel, actually, your heart is beating so loud you can feel, you can hear your heart. And you have like sweat in your palms and you're starting to breathe differently and you feel like you're going to die. Okay? Leave the room. Don't be in that hot seat. Go somewhere those 10 minutes before you're going to speak. Physically leave the room if you can. If that's not an option, the second best option is to go and stand near a wall in the back or on the side where the audience can't see you, but where you are in your own kind of space. And a good tip is to hold the back of your, so your hands are, are touching the wall, all right? Both hands are touching the walls. Your palms are facing the wall and you are touching that and you're pressing against that wall as you're standing there. That pressing of the wall is a great stress release. The best version of that is actually if you're not in the room and you are facing a wall, you put both hands on the wall and you're facing, again, you're facing the wall and you're pressing that wall with your full forward force. The first version of that where you're standing in the room is you're sort of, you've got your hands on the wall near your butt and you're pressing them against the wall. It's a little less effective, but it, it still does the trick. It removes the tension and it gives you a little sense of anchoring. So that's another thing that you can do. Okay, so there are quite a lot of things you can do to, to help yourself be less nervous. And you already know from what I've hit you over the head with already that preparation and good rehearsal is is the, the key to being less nervous. But these other little things are also things you can do. There's one more thing I want to add, and I really want all of you listening to pay attention. I want you to understand that it's absolutely okay for you to take your time when you're up there speaking in front of the audience. Nobody is expecting you to go a mile a minute. Nobody wants you to go a mile a minute. They can't absorb what you're saying. So in other words, it's okay to every now and then when you feel that level of nervousness or anxiety or something where it feels like you're going to pop, it's okay to stop talking, to take a breath, and then to continue. It's also okay to stop talking, take a drink of your glass of water, put the water glass down, and continue to talk. Leaders take their time when they speak. Amateurs don't. People who are not leaders don't. They speed through things. They get through things as quickly as possible because it's that uncomfortable. But start 
playing with this idea of of taking your time, giving yourself permission to stop when it's getting too much, to be self-aware enough in the first place of knowing when it's too much. All of these are layers to improve your leadership speaking. So that's my advice for how to be less nervous, okay? Lots of little pieces there. I hope that there's something useful for you. Folks, I hope that you found this episode useful. It's been a joy to give answers to these questions, which are coming in from all over the world. We are so connected here on this planet. If you have a question related to your leadership speaking, we would love to hear from you and to help support what you're doing in your leadership speaking. So that's all for now. I look forward to bringing you another episode next week where I will unpack more leadership speaking golden nuggets. Yum. I look forward to that. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful that you are listening. I hope you're getting value from this show. I hope that you are implementing these ideas in your own leadership speaking and elevating yourself into a higher level as a speaker. All right, so that's all for now. I'll talk to you next time. Take care.